Welcome to the Digital Joe Podcast, where you'll learn tips, tricks, and strategies to grow your local business using social media and digital marketing. Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Digital Joe Podcast, the show for business owners who want to grow their business with social media and digital marketing. I'm your host, Joe Amato. Thanks so much for joining me this episode. I'm really excited because we have an interview for you today. I sat down and talked to Matt Wilson, uh, an old colleague of mine, actually, from my radio days. He's now the account director for Silverback Advertising, and he's really heavily involved in local advertising, especially online for auto dealerships. So it's a really good conversation with him. We're going to talk about branding versus sales and lots of things that apply to both the auto industry, but things that you can apply to your own business as well, even if you're not in the auto industry. I want to get right into the interview, but before I do, if you need help with video marketing or social media or online marketing in general, and if you're in the Hudson Valley, New York area, visit us at vivocreative.net. We are here to help you grow with online marketing. So without any further ado, here is the interview with Matt Wilson. Enjoy. All right, everybody. My guest today on the Digital Joe podcast is Matt Wilson, account director at Silverback Advertising and the host of the Mostly Automotive Marketing podcast. Matt, what is up, dude? Thanks for joining me. Joe, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So brief, brief history, and it was a very brief history, but I used to work with Matt back when iHeartMedia was Clear Channel many, many moons ago. We worked together for a couple of months. And uh, we've kind of like stayed connected through the interwebs. And uh, now we're doing this because we're both kind of in the same field. And I thought, Matt, you could bring some really good value to the audience and what you do. So, uh, Matt, just quickly tell everybody what it is that you do. Can you tell that guy to stop taking my picture? I, I didn't give consent. <laughs> Making me nervous back there. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, so I'm uh, at Silverback Advertising. We handle uh, marketing for uh, automotive dealerships across the country, primarily um, digital marketing. That's not by our choice. Uh, We are a full service agency, but as you can imagine, uh, car dealerships are spending their money primarily on digital. So while we do handle traditional advertising, as you can imagine, most car dealerships are spending their dollars on digital, which is why our agency sort of focuses on uh, digital first. And uh, we work with car dealers um, all across the country. Right. And uh, and then on the podcasting side, mostly automotive yes. marketing podcast, you talk mostly about automotive marketing sometimes, <laughs> mostly sometimes. <laughs> I uh, the only thing I miss about radio is having the chance to sometimes talk about whatever stupid thing crosses your mind. So I started a podcast as an example of wanting to be able to find somewhere to complain about like how bad coconut water is or talk about my thoughts on Tom Brady's free agency. But Also, um, I read a lot of articles about automotive marketing, and every time I read an article, I think to myself, I wish I could interview that person or talk to that person, because I have lots of questions, or I think I could frame this article better in a discussion, and then that's why I started the podcast, and it's, it's fun to do. That's awesome. So make sure to definitely check that out, and Matt's on LinkedIn as well, so if you want to connect with him and get some insight, especially in the automotive world, he's definitely the man. Uh, so... I know you're you're working in the automotive world, but you're working in digital marketing. And the, as you know, the, the the point of this show is really to help other business owners get more out of their online marketing and grow. I feel like there's a lot of resources out there for the e-commerce world and uh, and the big brand world, but the local kind of brick and mortar style businesses really – 
I feel like they're kind of underserved. So, you know, I thought you'd be a great addition to the show and talk a little bit about how, you know, how it's how it's working for you and your clients and your dealership. And let's let's start in, in the automotive world. Um, mm-hmm. You said a lot of them are moving more to digital, which is interesting because, you know, they were always like big radio, TV advertisers, a lot of direct mail. But you see a lot of digital happening. What specifically in the digital world is exciting in the world of automotive? You're right, Joe. It's changed a lot. In 2012, you know, we would spend, you know, at one of our stores in my group, like, you know, $90,000 a month on advertising and maybe 15% of that would be digital. But you're right. A big chunk of that would be, you know, $30,000 a month on radio and $30,000 a month on TV and a lot of direct mail. And, and then like down at the bottom of the budget, a little squish down would be like, oh yeah, a little paid search and oh yeah, a little social media. Right. And then 2012 to to now that has flip-flopped and about three years ago I actually took my budget and I flipped it and put all the digital stuff at the top because I thought like from from a like a mental standpoint that would make us think digital first it was always like radio tv direct mail and then on page two was always digital and I'm like this is the stuff we should be thinking of first right so I kind of flipped that and uh now dealers are spending you know 50 75 percent of their of their budget you know, 45 to 55, 70% of their budget on digital. Um, and, you know, a lot of people call digital a bunch of different things. You know, anything that's not traditional could be considered digital. But a lot of dealers are, um, you know, working on specifically paid search, conquest email, uh, connected television, um, display advertising, YouTube TrueView is, um, you know, is big. Uh, CRM type uh, emails and uh, and the like. And what is um, happening is dealers are realizing that, you know, their money can go a little bit further. But the most important thing for car dealers, and I'm, I'm guessing for a lot of businesses as well, is, is attribution and the tracking. Is you can't track $10,000 television spend on what that does for you with your business. But if you spend $10,000 on search, or on Conquest email, or on connected TV, you can quantify in some ways what that did for you. And that's that's why dealers are kind of latching on, probably later than most businesses, but are latching on to um, digital. Do you find, so I remember like just working in the radio world so many years ago, car dealers were notorious for spending the last three, the last two weeks of the month, and that's the only time they ran, and that's you know running the, the deal, running the lease, the lease offer, whatever the hottest offer was. Do you find like that the marketing now being digital, reaching people like at all phases of the buying funnel, are you doing it more consistently, or is it still kind of like that end-of-the-month push kind of mentality? It's still the end-of-the-month uh, push mentality. Really? I think I think a lot of that comes from the dealer world. I'm not gonna like badmouth dealers. I was the marketing director for a, a group, but I was a dealer, right? So yeah. Um, and you know, just like you coming from radio, I always thought that's ridiculous, right? And then I got into it, and I was like, oh, that's why it's like this, because you know the manufacturers come out with incentives the first week of the month. So if you're gonna do any kind of price point advertising, it takes you till you know the seventh or eighth of the month to get that together based on when the manufacturers give you the pricing. So you're already almost halfway through the month before you realize what, what, what specials you can advertise. So right there, you know, you're losing the first week, first two weekends of the month. And then on top of that, dealers at the beginning of the month are basking in the glory of their success the previous month, right? And then two weeks in is panic mode. Oh my gosh, this Saturday is the last day of February. What are we going to do next week? Um, which flips into sort of, uh, you know, panic mode. 
Um, and like at the agency, we work really hard to push our dealers to be thinking ahead. And like, I, I'm like you, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, right? And if I see a person at a dealership talking about like getting, getting my plan together for the last week of the month, I'm thinking like, uh, dude, you should have been done with that two weeks ago. Like, you know, if you're planning for, you know, if you're working on what you're going to be doing, your Easter theme, um, you know, your Easter theme sale or whatever, you should be doing that now. You shouldn't be doing that on March 15th when Easter's, you know, three weeks away. Right. Um, so it, it is still kind of the last, the last end of the month push. We try and get dealers to not do that because you can turn around digital campaigns faster than you can turn around a TV right. spot, radio spot. Right. Um, but I still have that problem now. I mean, I have a Conquest e-blast for a couple of dealers in March, and I'm already like, okay, so I get the specials Monday, and then I get it to the art department, and then I get it back in 24 hours, and it goes through compliance. Am I going to make the deadline? Like, that's part of the dealer world, and until I was in it, I didn't realize why it is that way. And I, I imagine that's pretty unique for auto dealers, right? I, I can't think of another vertical or businesses. Like, are you dealing with any clients that are like, they want business tomorrow, not just on the 25th? Yeah, it's all it's so it's funny because like we're we're constantly in this like branding versus sales conundrum, not really a conundrum, but you're trying to do both. And like, you know, we like, you know, we do a ton of social media and social is a great channel because you could both brand and sell. So yeah. it's not so much like the deadline it's more so much trying to balance both yeah. because you don't want to over you don't want to just sell all the time meanwhile yeah. like clients that's what they want they want more sales right businesses you guys want more sales right now but the other end of that is that if you really understand the way that these channels work they're not really intended to be selling all the time that's yeah. so you got to yeah. kind of understand the network and like the mentality of the way that people use them uh the way that people use them use the platforms like facebook instagram and youtube and kind of mold the campaigns in that way but deadline stuff like that like not 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 so much i try to get clients to think kind of far into the future but it's not it's easier said than done as you and i both know you want to hear my philosophy on the branding versus like pricing sales thing let's do it can, can I just break that? Can I just break that down really quick before you before you do that? So, you know, the most most companies when they're using social media, uh, just use it as a sales tool. Constantly posting sales, buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. Instead of using it, uh, instead of using it as also a branding tool to get people to know who they are and become aware of their brand and get them into their buying funnel. So, uh, branding versus sales, kind of a little yeah. brief synopsis there. But go ahead, thanks. I think you got to look at it from the customer's point of view, right? And I like to look at it. Now, our version is skewed, right? Because we're from media, we work in advertising, like our view of what is out there is totally skewed based Very, on what yeah. we do, right? But I like to look at it, I, I call it like the mother test or the mother-in-law test. Like I like, how does my mom or my mother-in-law interact with media and what are they doing when they're on there? And, you know, people go to different places for different things. So and you can choose what message, in my opinion, what you're serving to somebody based on what they're doing and where they are. So if you're looking for somebody, like I'll just use a car dealer as an example, but I, a lot of these things to me apply across multiple verticals and types of businesses. I'll just use a car dealer as an example because that's what I'm most familiar talking about. But if, if you're looking to find someone in a low funnel situation where they're close to buying, whether it's a car or a computer or something off Amazon or something they've been shopping on vacation. You know, if you're reaching that person who's low funnel in a position, in a place with a salesy, salesy message or price type message, that makes sense. Right. 
But if you're talking to somebody who's not in the market for what you're currently selling, whether it's a car or a vacation or whatever, then you can't jump down that person's throat with your $20,000 special on your Altima because that person's not in the market for a car. They don't care about that message at that time. So to me, if you're, at least these words might be made up, but I call it, I break it into two things. I break it into transactional. I don't know if that's a word or not, which is somebody who's ready to buy or relational, which is somebody you're trying to relate to, but they're not ready to buy, right? So dealers and probably a lot of businesses, rightfully so, focus on transactional, right? They're paying you because they want to sell whatever their product is tomorrow. They're paying my agency because they want to sell 20 more cars this month, right? But that's the short term. That's the sprint. You're sprinting to that person's transaction. The long term, the marathon is relational. When that person's in the market three months down the road, are they going to recall your brand or your store or your shop? Um, and that's the relational part of it. And I think what happens is, is most businesses probably spend a bulk of their budget on transactional. What's it going to do for me tomorrow and this weekend? And they're not thinking long term. And I get it. Budgets are limited no matter what type of business you are in. But I think you always have to have a relational um, campaign in place, right? So I have, a, I have a store who I handle the marketing for in Louisiana, and they always have a relational campaign in place. They're on TV. They're on consistently. Um, and their message is not about come and get the lowest price vehicle this weekend at our big sale. It's about we're in your community. We have people from all these places. It talks about the geography of where they're from. They've been in business forever. They, you know, the experience, the experience you'll have when you shop there. So hopefully when you are lower funnel, you think of them from that transact from that relational campaign. And then when you're in the market, we hit you with the transactional uh, message, whether it's on connected TV or a conquest e-blast or paid search or whatever, then that person goes into the market already thinking about you, which increases your chance at converting that person into a customer. Was that long winded? It felt pretty long winded. No, but that that's that's exactly like the it's branding versus sales, right? It's very it's very similar. And and yeah, it's funny because the 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 transactional business, the transactional advertising costs way more than yeah. at least in the digital in the digital space. Yeah. You know, radio costs what it costs, TV costs what it costs, direct mail costs what it costs. Um, but, you know, you can it, – it costs a lot more to get down to that micro person, especially when you're talking about paid search, the way that, you know, auto dealers use it. The cost on that has risen dramatically, okay. whereas the cost of a, you know, a TrueView campaign on YouTube is nothing compared to that, right? So um, yep. it, it's, it's really just knowing when and how to use – both, but both of them are equally important. And and this applies to car dealers. It applies to mom and pop cafes. It applies to everybody. Um, it, so in, in your field, what do, what do you like working with more? Do you like working on the transactional side or do you like working on the relational side, of course, you know, in, in your kind of terms? Uh, I think it's relational, man. Relational is more fun, though. I mean, so that's you're creative, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I like, um, you know, my the best thing about working at my group that I was at before here was uh, the relational stuff. My graphic designer and I coming up with a campaign, writing a spot, executing it, pitching to the owner of the group. Here's, you know, here's what we're going for. Here's the message. Here's where we're going to deliver it. Um, and that's a creative aspect of it. And it's fun because it's 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 more message driven than um, maybe tactic driven because the tactic is important, but um, you know, you're not trying to reach that person at that specific moment. So it's kind of a little bit, it gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of 
the um, the message. And that's the fun part. The, the transactional part obviously is super important, but you know, a lot of it, regardless of where you are in the country is the same. You're trying to reach customers at certain at certain times in the buying cycle. In certain, there's only a finite number of places you can reach customers. They all look for the cars in similar fashions. To, you know, whether it's on a uh, whether it's a Google search or they're on one of the third-party sites like CarGurus or Cars.com or AutoTrader, or whether they're um, you know driving from store to store, which is a lot you know much less common nowadays than it used to be. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I'm guessing you like working on the uh, relational stuff too. Uh, it's it a hundred percent like a hundred percent I even like when I was even back in the radio days like I was known as like the creative guy you know like ra- like radio when I was a radio salesperson no radio salespeople like to write copy like yeah. did you ever meet anybody that liked writing copy for like no, no not Never. not even close so I love that that was like the fun part that's what I was selling right like yeah. I was selling the creative I, I was selling the ideas. So I'm all about I'm all about the relational content. I mean, and you know, we put out a ton of video content, not really not just for us, but for all of our clients. And yeah. that's the stuff we get to have the most fun with, right? Because it's yeah. how do you how do you get somebody to recognize and get somebody's attention for this client in in a really creative and entertaining or educational kind of way? Yeah. We, we have fun with that every single day. But at the same time, it's really important to try to go for that transactional, that sales kind of piece as well. And and digital is my God, it's the perfect place to do both because you can separate and target and and do things like that how how do you guys like how do you guys use social where does social media fit into typically the way that you operate with your campaigns we uh, we look at it from sort of a mission critical standpoint right like a lot of dealers will like i was talking to a dealer a couple days ago a toyota dealer and he was asking about instagram stories right now on a personal level i love instagram stories i think they're hilarious i follow a bunch of businesses and sports teams and friends and i always put out stories and just just trying to be goofy or whatever and and i love them um but this dealer's budget to me wasn't big enough to do everything he wanted to do. Right. So I was like, listen, I'm like, you know, I like Instagram stories. I, you know, we do that. I said, but you know, your budget for, you know, a is not high enough. Like you want to make sure that you're covering, you know, these three or four things well before we move on to the next thing. Um, that being said, we, uh, most of our dealers, I mean, every car dealership has a Facebook page. Now every, you know, most car dealerships have a, uh, abandoned Twitter account from five years ago or an Instagram account that they don't use that much. Um, it's very important, but you know what the biggest problem is? And, uh, this will be my question for you is consistency. Dealers will go on a kick like, okay, we're going to kill it on Instagram and we're going to own it. There's a couple of dealers in Long Island who I follow who do a fantastic job at, uh, at, uh, you know, creative posts, clever things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, but most dealers will like, be gung ho about it and probably most businesses. And then it'll kind of trickle off because it's a lot of work and consistency is key and consistency is a lot of work. Um, you guys put out a ton of content for your clients, but also for your, for your company. And I imagine that it's difficult to keep up with the volume of work that needs to be done to be consistent. And I think that's a lot of problem. That's, that's a problem for a lot of businesses who don't have a person to dedicate to do that. Because if it's somebody's second or third job, they'll do it when they have time. But when they're busy or doing other more important things or things that you know are actually their their job, they won't get to do that. And then it kind of falls off. And then the whole point of doing it, you know, kind of falls apart. If you're not doing it consistently, I feel like then you're probably not getting the most out of it that you can. 
Well, let me let me uh, I'm going to answer your question kind of with another question. Is it okay. because it takes too much time and is too difficult or because it's not transactional? Right. Because think about it. The the posting content constantly organic content to your social media pages, while it's crucial for literally every business, every size business, big, small, in between yeah. big brands, econ, doesn't matter. You need to be post you need to be posting content on there to stay relevant, to stay in front of your consumers and and just to look good. Right. Like we all want to look good to the public when they find us online. But yeah. the problem is, is that when you're posting that kind of content on a regular basis, it's really hard to measure. Yeah what it's actually doing for your company. Yes, we get a ton of likes. Yes, we get a ton of comments. Yes, we get a ton of video views. Where right. are the sales coming from? So yeah. like, is, is that part of it? Yeah, for, for car dealers, for sure. Um, attribution is key, especially in the auto industry. I'm sure it's like that everywhere. But everywhere. Um, yeah, for sure, that has a big part of it. Um, I think that dealers will say to me a lot, like, I don't really know what I should be posting. Like, what am I going to post? Because, because you know, at my group, we always worked hard to post stuff that was either clever, like, you know, a, a, a time-lapse or sped-up video of us moving all the cars around the showroom or, um, you know, all the salespeople outside digging out the cars uh, from a huge snowstorm and speeding it up. Or we went outside and tried to crack an egg on the sidewalk once to see if it would fry because it was like 110 degrees outside and we thought that'd be funny to do, stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, if you can't tell that that's helping you bring customers in, then dealers will either not want to spend the time doing it or the money doing it or, um, you know, putting any resources into it. Um, you know, I think from a social media standpoint, just from my agency's perspective is it helps to have boots on the ground, like look. So if you're working with, if you are working with local businesses in the Hudson Valley, um, you can do a much better job than I can do helping a dealership in Chicago, nowhere near me. Uh, because I don't know their market. I don't know the, I don't know their store. I don't know the people. I don't know the landmarks. Um, I think there's a, a local, like either in-house or local agency elements of social media that really can help you do a better job than like hiring somebody to do it from afar. Um, I think if you're going to hire somebody to do it from afar, um, then it's probably going to be transactional type content that you're going to get. You're not going to get the relational type content. I, I always use the example when I'm talking to dealers about Twitter, it, you know, at, at a store I used to work at, we had a roadside hot dog stand across the street and they, they're seasonal. They only open from like, you know, April to October and they sell like overpriced hot dogs and hamburgers and Philly cheesesteaks and lobster rolls and that kind of stuff. Delicious. Right. <laughs> God, I can't wait till summer comes. So we would like walk across the street and get lunch from there every day. They would know us all by name. We'd go eat, you'd eat next to the side of the road. And we used to interact with them on Twitter all the time. And a lot of people, customers and people would, inter would, would, would comment uh, or get involved or mention it in the showroom. Oh, I know you guys are big fans of going to Highbacks or whatever it is. Like you can't, do, you can't do that kind of post and that content interaction unless you're either in that market or in the business, right? Um, you can't do that for somebody that's 200, 300 miles away from Impossible. you. Impossible, yeah. That's the way I feel. Um, well, do it well. You can't do it well and make it feel local from that far away, yeah. Um, so, I, so I think, yeah, I think that attribution is sometimes why it gets ignored. Um, I think uh, who's going to do it, uh, yeah, and dif dif difficulty of doing it or who's going to do it. Um, and then or am I going to pay somebody to do it and what's it going to cost me and is it what's my ROI going to be on that? Probably. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, and that's why when we typically when we take on new social media clients is we really try to we really try our best to pair that with advertising because, you know, advertising on Facebook, advertising on Instagram, 
ridiculously undervalued, ridiculously underpriced yeah. compared to for what you can do with it. So, you know, for a client to have, a, yeah. if, if the client has a budget to have somebody make content for them, they have an ad budget to make sure it gets seen, right? So that's what yeah. we really, we really try to shoot for. So it's not that we're, you know, promoting every single post that goes out there, but we want to make sure that we can amplify what we're doing to get it in front of the right people. Because that's the other problem too with, with organic is that you really can't control who actually sees it. Yeah. So I, I understand yeah. the, the, like the, why some of them try it for a little bit and then very quickly gets abandoned. But yeah, but it's part of that. It's part of that relational content that you're talking about. It's like, that's, but that's also important. Like it's, it's super yeah. duper important because that's how you're going to reach most people. Most <laughs> people are not buying a car today or this month. Most people won't. Most people are not going to buy your burger today. Most people are not going to need a lawyer today, but when they do, yeah, who are they going to remember? Yep. When they go yep. and when they go and do a search and when they go on YouTube and when they go do their research, who are they going to think of? You know, I would say most of our clients probably or mine anyway, probably you uh, use us for paid advertising on Facebook. But most of them probably don't have the strongest organic social media game. I would I'd, I'd be willing to guess, um, you know, a lot of times what happens with dealers is, you know, the manufacturer will help will help guide the dealer, uh, not on like a one-on-one -on -one basis, but you know if the manufacturer is doing something or spending money on something, then the dealer knows that okay, well that's working for my brand, so I need to put my money in that area. So most manufacturers are are, are you know are advertising on Facebook. Um, so most dealers say, okay, I need to be advertising on Facebook and we, you know, for whatever the ad, if it's the carousel ad or a lead generating ad or whatever it is, whatever's working for the dealer, um, you know, a lot of that is dependent on the market or the, what type of brand they are, if it's a highline brand or a domestic or a, you know, or a, you know, a lower type price point brand, you know, sometimes varies what, what works for the dealer. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, most of the, most of the business, most dealers do some kind of paid Facebook advertising but probably uh, leave something to be desired in terms of the organic social game for sure. And is a lot of the paid, and this is really more just for like personal interest, is a lot of the paid um, content that's created by the brand or like approved media or things like that, or are they creating are they creating local videos? Are they creating local images? Are they doing stuff like that? Like where's the where's the creative coming from? Because that's that's the ultimate thing that decides whether or not the campaign works or not. Right. Yeah. Most of the most of the dollars that dealers spend on paid Facebook is transactional. So it's carousel ads with, of inventory ads with pricing usually is what dealers are seeing as and we're even what we're seeing is the most clicks and VDP views, uh, vehicle display page views and time on site and that kind of thing. Um, they're probably not spending a lot of money, if any, promoting posts uh, that are of a relational nature. But even even the transactional stuff, are they doing anything like so they're in other words, like the, the dealer is creating is doing the creative. So whether it's the picture or the, are there any videos involved usually? Um, it depends. Local, locally. Yeah. Um, on the paid side. I would say it depends on the dealer. Um, I mean, for our agency, we work both ways. I have some clients that use us for the creative. We do the video. We do the content. We have some, um, you know, I work with a group uh, of stores and they have an in-house uh, department that produces their creative. Uh, or sometimes they'll work with a company like your company or somebody who's local to them 
that um, they've worked with for years before they used us for their media. So those people will do the creative and, and feed it to us. Um, so it kind of goes, you know, it, it kind of depends on the dealer and where they are and the size of the dealer, um, the quality of work that they can produce in-house. Um, you know, in my last group, we did all the creative in-house. So we would do the video work in-house. We had a graphic designer. Um, we would do all that in-house. And then I would use the agency that I work for now as our to, to execute the media and the tactics uh, and deliver the message and, you know, do all the buying and, and everything. Gotcha. Um, yep. This is really good, by the way. I, I don't know about you, but I'm actually, like, enjoying talking to another human being that's in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, he gets it. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I'm talking to a client or a prospect and I'm on the phone with another marketing director who ha- like who man- uh, manages a group of stores – I feel like I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm making a new best friend. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you and I should hang out. Like, cause these person, this person speaks the language that I speak, right? Yeah. And we yeah. worked in radio together for a long time, like probably two months. Yeah, um, very long I think time. I and radio, it's a long time, dude. That's. I think you came in, and then I think I bolted, and then yeah. you bolted, and then <laughs> it's like all oh, like we're all over the place. But um, you know what's funny? Just an aside from that is a. I stay in touch with a lot of people I've worked in radio with, right? Like radio has its flaws. I met my wife at the radio station that I used to, I worked at before we worked together. Most of my friends, longtime friends are from That's, the radio yeah. days. Uh, and, um, and then they like, and then, you know, I keep in touch with a couple of people from when you and I worked together. Uh, but, and then a couple of people that I know from radio who left radio are doing what you and I do. I have a buddy who, does a lot of video work. He's down in Tennessee and he used to work in radio. And I got a buddy who used to work with us in radio who works, does marketing for a car dealership group. So like there's a lot of radio and marketing and promotions. It's the same thing. I always looked at it like, you know, you have the, you know, you have the, in radio, you're, you're marketing to both your customers. You were a radio account executive and we were marketing to the listeners to get us to continue to use our product. And I worked in retail marketing for a while. It's the same thing. You're marketing to the uh, retail owners, the store owners, the companies that own the stores to stay in your property. And you're marketing to the customers to come shop there. And a lot of these philosophies and tactics to me, it doesn't really matter what type of business or brand or vertical that you're in. A lot of these things apply over different types of businesses, whether it's law firms or healthcare or auto dealers or I don't know, car washes, whatever the thing is. A lot of this stuff, I think is, is, um, fits over multiple different types of businesses. Yeah. And that's why this conversation is awesome because this works for, dude, it works for everybody. Like anybody yeah. who's operating and who needs to get in front of people and get people's attention. Like this is the language that we're speaking, right? It's, it's a pretty universal language. It even works for Sven. Do you see Sven back there? I, well, I do. I, I can see him, but the, uh, the, the camera no. can't cause we're split, but that's okay. Oh. Sven is back there. I see him. I know he's there, and that's really all that matters. My office mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my last question for you is: um, so imagine imagine that you had to like imagine you're a business owner or operating manager, or VP of marketing, or something to that effect, and you know, you have control of the advertising, and you have to start from scratch today with a finite number of money. Where are you putting it? How are you starting, and where are you putting that? Think, and think broad terms, not like specific tactics, but I'm just curious as to if you had to start today, if one of your dealers was starting today and said, we're, we're blowing up our advertising and we're starting from scratch, what are we doing? Jeez, I don't know. From a dealer, I mean, if I'm looking at it from a dealer standpoint, um, hmm. 
Mm, that's a good question. I've never had a dealer say, here's a bunch of money. Do what you want to do. Tell me what works best. That's why <laughs> the show's fun because this is all stuff that'll never happen, but we could talk about yeah. it as if it will. I don't know. I mean, you know, you look at it from, there's so many different like opportunity and, and possibilities and philosophies that could go into making that decision. I guess, I don't know. I mean, for a dealer, I feel like you're, this is like, I don't want it to be the canned answer, but like the first thing you want to do is drive traffic to the dealer's website. So they immediately say, see, you know, like I took over the marketing for a store. There was, when I worked for my last group, we bought a store in, uh, from another group, right? I brought on a new GM and they called me up and said, we're going to handle the marketing for this store. And so my first thought, this is a terrible thought, was this place has been doing such a terrible job with marketing for so long, no matter what I do, how terrible or how good it is, automatically there's going to be an improvement, right? Like <laughs> automatically, whatever's happening is going to be a little bit better. Um, and what I did was I ended up going through like their website and stuff and they had like stuff that was a year and a half, two years old, like Christmas specials from two years ago and cars that weren't in inventory anymore and like simple fixes, right? Um, so that's not really answering your question. Uh, oh God, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> yes, I, say, I stomped I him. Want, you stumped me. Woo! I want to say paid search, but that seems like such a like. I don't know. That's a that's a softball answer, man. I don't know. But I, but if that but if that but if paid search is the answer coming from your perspective, I understand it's intent based advertising. I don't right? know if it's the answer or not. I mean, I think I think I think in the auto world, I think you have to start with something transactional. I think that you have to start with something that's going to drive traffic and drive leads. So, in you know, whatever, whatever you're, you know, I was telling my dealers like whatever you're doing today, like what's today? I don't know when this is going to come out, but you know, whatever, At some you're, doing, point. <laughs> whatever, whatever you're doing today um, may not affect your business in two days. You're looking like 15 days down the road, right? Because the person's buying cycle, like. You know, I shop online all the time um, and I like read reviews and go to different sites and like agonize over the stupidest decision for like a week before I just bought, buy something. And I think with a car, it's probably similar to that. Um, so I tell a dealer, like if you if you stop doing everything right now, if you turn your budget off, turn the faucet off, stop everything you were doing, you're going to be OK for like a month. Like you're not going to like you're not going to just cancel your business tomorrow and then this weekend have no customers in because all that stuff you've been doing to generate traffic and generate clicks and generate interest continues after you stop doing it. It's 30 days from now when all of a sudden you're going to be like, what happened? Like I didn't. So the same is the reverse thing. I could start doing all this stuff for you tomorrow and then you're not going to sell, you know, 22 cars 10 days from now. It, it, it builds. I'm just stalling so I don't really have an answer. I like that. I say see what you're doing. I say all right, let me let me let me let me simplify it a little bit more. Are you going traditional? Are you going traditional or are you going digital? I'm going digital. Hundred percent digital. You could have just said that, dude. I would have been happy with that. Like twenty minutes later. Digital. I'm like, all right, so the question is like, What was the question? Yeah. I thought you were talking about a tactic. Like what tactic? No, no, no. I and I yeah, no. It didn't have to be like, like dead tactic. Fault. That was a ter you phrased that question terribly. I said high level. I said you're blowing everything up, high level, where are you starting? But that's I'm okay. I'm going to have you on my podcast and I'm going to ask you a stumper to start the interview. That's great. And then that'll be the episode. Just me trying to like, <laughs> like navigate my way through this question and getting out of it. hundred percent digital. I mean, I, I think that's the obvious answer. 
Gotcha. All right. right. That's cool. That, I love it. That's that's amazing. Um, uh, do you have anything else before we uh, before we wrap this up? Because this has been this has been fun. I got to admit, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I do want to ask you a couple questions now. I've prepared some statements. Oh, boy. Well, that's all the time we have today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. Matt, uh, we seem to have lost him. <laughs> uh, listen, I just wanted to say you guys do a great job. I've, I, I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn looking at what dealers are doing and and uh, and reading reading articles. And I, I watch all your videos, whether it's for clients or for, for V-Votes that you guys put out. Uh, you know, your, your people, that guy behind you there with the beard, he does a good job. And uh, uh, Deirdre, I love. I used to work with her. She does a great job. You do a good job. Uh, and if I had a business in the Hudson Valley, I would hire you. You guys do wow. great stuff. That's awesome. I appreciate it. I don't have any questions. I'm just kidding. I didn't prepare anything. Oh, I was ready, man. I was like, I was, nope. I, I rolled up the sleeves and everything. So it's I like, come on. Uh, will you, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? I am, I am totally down. I would love to have a discussion with you. Uh, we'll just take one topic from this podcast and talk about content. Um, because I think a lot of things that dealers don't know what to do. Like, what are you going to, sure. and not everybody is creative. Not everybody is funny. Not everybody is clever. And uh, I, I want to talk, dealers say a lot of the time, like, Okay, I know I need to be here, but like, what do I post? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hold on, this is a very important phone call. <laughs> this is Shut such up. a professional show. Um, I, you know, so I'd love to talk to you about that and get get ideas. Uh, and I think that um, I think dealers would find that uh, useful too. I hope yeah. your viewers found this useful, and I think dealers would find your insight on that useful. No, I appreciate that. The one the one thing that I will leave you with, I mean, because I, I get asked that all the time. Um, you know what? What do I post? Like, what the hell do I post? I have no idea where, where yeah. to start. Um, one thing I try to get clients and just people to understand is that content can really do one or a combination of, of three different things. It could either educate people, mm-hmm. entertain them, or inspire them. If if you can put yourself into one of those three frameworks, if not all yeah. three, it's a really really good place to start. Everybody is an expert at something and can teach something. So the education piece is probably the easiest way to start because like you said, not everybody's funny, not everybody can be entertaining or inspiring, but everybody's an expert at something. So yeah. find out what you're an expert at and figure out the medium that you can best tell that story, whether it's written word or audio or video or whatever it is. That's probably the easiest place to start. So yep. um, just a little little nugget to put like in, in the uh, in, in the, the <laughs> bank there. Um, Matt, so where, where how can people get a hold of you if they want to pick your brain and learn more about automotive advertising or just marketing in general? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. LinkedIn, I guess, right? Find me on LinkedIn. Do I have a, do I have a username? What is my – I'm terrible. Matt Wilson. I'm Matt Wilson on LinkedIn. Right? Oh, that's, that's you. Yeah, or I guess <laughs> – Twitter, Instagram. How about, how about LinkedIn? LinkedIn. All right, everybody. LinkedIn. Matt Wilson. Right now. Matt you, Wilson. You'll get one person <laughs> to do that, and it'll be Franco. It'll be Matt doing it for you. I'm the only Matt Wilson on LinkedIn. All right, there you go. Well, that's. Or you, if they have, they can go to SilverbackAdvertising.com. I'm on there too. There you go. I, I like the plugs. I love yes. it. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being uh, being on this. I really, I really do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to being on yours. So let's set that up whenever uh, whenever you're ready. I'd be happy to do that and talk content. It's pretty much all I freaking do all day. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, if you need anything else? Let me know, man. Appreciate cool. it. Cool. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.